Good evening, everyone. Last week, we talked about the alienists, but still no one had any real solutions to psychiatric disorders. This week, it's time to talk about Sigmund Shlomo Freud, or at least start talking about him. As I write this, I expect this is going to be a multi-parter, just because Freud is so important and yet controversial. He is to revolutionize psychiatry with some important ideas about the mind and mental illness, but also lead to years of unsubstantiated theories. But anyway, let's get into it. Freud was originally trained as a neurologist, who ironically advocated a strict scientific perspective. His first degree was in medicine, and in his second year he became very interested in scientific research. He spent a few years focusing on the sexual organs of eels, which feels kind of like foreshadowing, but apparently Freud found the research lacking. He switched to work in a different lab, and instead worked on studying the nervous system, which he would do for the next 10 years. His studies now turned to comparing the brains of humans and vertebrates, with invertebrates, to look for differences. He looked at frogs, crayfish, and lampreys under a microscope, demonstrating the structure of some nerve fibers. In humans, he was the first to describe the form and function of a part of the brain called the medulla oblongata. Freud's work was even cited by one of the main discoverers of neurons, which are the building block cells of the nervous system. However, all this work pretty much gets forgotten, because Freud is much better known for psychoanalysis. Freud first gets interested in mental illness when he learns about hypnosis, which we of course know originated from Franz Mesmer. He found the strange effects of hypnosis very interesting, a feeling I'm sure many of us can sympathize with. Of particular interest was the phenomena that people undergoing hypnosis could sometimes access new memories. Eventually, this would lead him to hypothesize that our minds must have a hidden part of them that cannot be accessed consciously. Per Freud, this hidden part is the unconscious part of the mind. Now, an unconscious part of the mind is a pretty obvious idea to us nowadays. We just go around assuming that there's parts of our mind that are beyond our conscious control, but this is an idea that had to be discovered, and Freud is heavily responsible for it. He called his theory of an unconscious mind psychoanalytic theory, which is a term we'll be using as well. This theory continued on to say that the mind could be split into three distinct parts. First was the id, a subconscious source of instincts and desires. Second was the superego, which was a limiting voice of conscience. I like to think of old-timey cartoons, where a character will have an imaginary devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. That's kind of like your id and your superego. And finally, the ego was our actually accessible everyday consciousness, which had to weigh the desires of the various parts of the mind and interact with the outside world. Freud believed that mental illness arose from these parts of your mind coming into conflict with each other, and then that conflict becoming unmanageable. He thought that when your ego was having trouble controlling your id or your superego, first you'd try to regulate your emotions, then you'd try some defense mechanisms like denial, and finally if those failed, you would end up with mental illness. He also coined the term neurosis, which he defined as mental illness which affected the emotions and behavior, but did not disconnect the person from reality. Now, some if not all of this may sound like nonsense to you, to which I say, good. In many ways, much of it is. In the 1900s, when Freud was putting these theories together, he had no empirical evidence for any of them. All of this was based purely on observations from his patients, which he used to infer this system of mental systems and disagreements. 
Nowadays, just observations and inferences isn't really enough to make a fully convincing theory, but scientific standards of the time were a little lower. Also consider that no one else had any convincing theories, and also that Freud weaved a lot of rational-sounding explanations into his theories, often based on evolution. For example, Freud is famously known for a heavy focus on sexual desires and urges being an underlying motivation for, well, everything. He's wrong, but at the time it was harder to argue, and he had a pretty good-sounding explanation. Sex is necessary for reproduction, and so of course it was the most important desire in our minds because of natural selection and evolution. Again, inferences and observations without much empirical evidence, but I have to admit if I don't question it too hard, it sounds very plausible. Not all of Freud's work or theories were baloney, though. Even if a lot of his ideas are unprovable and kind of silly, Freud did document a lot of case studies that are genuinely useful, and which provide concepts still usable by psychiatrists today. To illustrate, let's talk about the story of Dora, a pseudonym for a teenager in Vienna. Dora's father was having an affair with the wife of one of his friends. Said friend also made a sexual advance on Dora, but Dora's father refused to believe that she was assaulted. Dora came to think that her father was encouraging her to spend time with his friend just so he could spend more time with his friend's wife. A messed up, disturbing situation, which led to Dora suffering depression, fainting spells, coughing fits, and losing her voice, especially whenever talking about her father's friend. Freud diagnosed this as a conversion disorder, a term that is still in use today. While he was not the first to observe such cases, he was the first to provide a plausible explanation. The loss of her voice resulted from Dora wanting her father to believe her, and yet also maintain a good relationship with him. As a result, she converted the desire to tell her father about his garbage friend's behavior into mutinous to resolve this conflict. Freud, in classic Freud fashion, went a little further than this, though. He misogynistically assumed that Dora must have been sexually excited by her father's friend's kissing, which, ick, and that from there she displaces that emotion into her mouth and displaces the emotion of pleasure into disgust, which is some classic Freud nonsense. Dora promptly ended her therapy with Freud, which I think is very fair, but his less extreme idea that some abnormal behaviors can be traced to inner conflict is still used to this day. Conversion disorders are still encountered by psychiatrists, and if patients aren't scared away with disgusting accusations from their therapist, they can often be treated. So in summary, Freud came up with a comprehensive explanation of how mental illness worked that sounded pretty plausible and had other scientific ideas tied to it, at least vaguely. He had lots of observations and case studies that are and were genuinely useful and illustrative, even if his theories were wrong and offensive at times. Freud was also known to be a great public speaker and an effective writer. All this meant that Freud was to take the psychiatry world by storm, and that's what we'll talk about next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show or don't, tell me why with the links in the show notes, or leave us a rating or review. As always, thanks to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for our music.